Hello, my name is Thomas. Welcome to British Culture Albion Never Dies. I am absolutely delighted to be covering the Church of England, one of the most requested topics for my podcast that I haven't covered yet. Now, I am joined in this episode by the Reverend Ned Lunn, a canon at Bradford Cathedral. He is a wonderful, wonderful guest, exactly what I was waiting for to do this episode. Now, as you'll be able to hear, this interview was actually recorded in Bradford Cathedral, in their Peace Chapel. Bradford is, of course, the home to peace studies at the University of Bradford, where I studied and taught, and the Peace Museum. Peace is very much the focus of this unusual city, which in 2025 will be the UK City of Culture. This is a huge, huge project, especially for the for the arts, uh, set to deliver more than a thousand new performances and events, including 365 artist commissions, a series of major art festivals, as well as exciting national and international collaborations. And its themes will be rooted in the unique heritage and culture of Bradford. Now, the Reverend Ned Lunn, before his ordination, worked as a theatre producer, director and designer, as well as in arts management. So he is perfectly, perfectly placed in the city as it gets ready for these great events. That's something we talk about. We will talk about Bradford, the City of Culture. We'll talk about the diversity. We'll talk about the role of the cathedral in that, as well as a very, very great overview of what is the Church of England. So please do enjoy this very special episode. And thank you to Phil Lickey again for providing me with the audio of an actual service. So this is played with permission. Thank you very much, Phil. And please do enjoy this episode. Okay, Ned, thank you very, very much for joining me. Uh, would you first like to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Ned. I uh, have been at Bradford Cathedral now officially for about a month and a half. Before that, I was on an interim uh, post, so I was part-time uh, working um, both here at the Cathedral but also with the Bishop of Bradford, uh, looking at how the Church of England Legacy of that, where the cathedral in that particular context sits. 
And for those who are not familiar with Bradford, this is an unusually diverse city. A very diverse city. Um, I, think, I think the number is correct, 35 different cultures mm. uh, alive and kicking here in Bradford. Um, most of those um, variety of South Asian, uh, and there are of course other Afro-cultures, um, North Caribbean and from Africa, uh, many different types of them there, as well as Eastern Europeans. So it's a real uh, cosmopolitan city. Um, a lot of Bradford's history has been you know, proud and successful mm. in intercultural dialogue and conversation, particularly into faith world. That's because the Bishop of Bradford for the last very years, Toby Health, um, is, has done a lot of study for his doctorate in Islamic studies. So he knows a lot about the interfaith uh, borderline, as mm. it learning about that, but also putting my arts background uh, to bear on that as we again as we look towards 2025. That's fantastic. So it's a fantastic project coming up. Yes. Um, and for many people, when they walk into a cathedral for the first time, they're not always sure what exactly to expect. Yes, and um, cathedrals, in most of the dioceses of the Church of England, um, if not all of them, apart from Leeds, the diocese that we are part of, all the other dioceses, there's one cathedral for, for the diocese, and a cathedral is sort of the mother church of the diocese. It's the place where um, the Church of England gathers all the parishes together to worship. If there's any kind of combination, so things like Holy Thursday um, coming up shortly in the liturgical calendar, a diocese will gather for what's called a chrism Eucharist, which is a sort of blessing of the oils.
Okay, so perhaps to zero in on what exactly is Anglicanism, what does that church service look like? Yeah, so a little bit of background, and we are the Church of England and therefore the Anglican Communion would, ex- would express itself as Reformed Catholic. So around about the Reformation, obviously Europe bursts into flames of the Reformation with great outcry, Luther, etc., etc. In England, um, there was some reluctance to, to engage in Europe, in fact, some disgust at the, the Lutheran changes and Calvinism, etc. But um, Henry, the king at the time, had particular uh, interest mm-hmm. in what uh, the Reformation might bring to England, but he himself was quite Catholic, quite Roman in his worship, but maybe not in his politics. And so, over our Reformation, um, going through Edward and Mary, particularly Edward being very Protestant, Mary being very Catholic, ending up with Elizabeth, who basically wanted to finish all the infighting that that caused, decided on what's called the Elizabethan Settlement, which would basically allow people to choose in their conscience whichever way they wanted to fall Catholic or Protestant. And then the Church of England sort of encompassed that. So there are things in our worship which are very Roman Catholic and very formal. So there's that formality, liturgical, historic, and there, there are elements of that. Um, you see that by um, the, the importance of the apostolic creeds, and I see the creed particularly being there, um, in terms of our observance of a liturgical calendar.
You were saying that this is really a cathedral for everybody. Uh, we've had a number of civic services recently, so we might have people who don't normally come to church from day to day. Yes, um, yes. and we have also in this, um, this city a great sense of ownership of this space by other faiths. So, for example, just this week um, we opened our doors to our Muslim neighbours as they started Ramadan and they broke their first fast at Iftar. Um, they did so, they broke their fast and they meal with us um, in this space and they very much felt ownership of this space. Now, of course, that brings up with interactions which need to be robust. We feel like we've grown up here in Bradford um, and we try our best to be hospitable, to be servants to all, and to welcome all people, and we ask them to respect our space. And on the whole, that happens. Um, we have, uh, at most of our civic events, of course, faith leaders, other faith leaders, and they very much are at home here and feel an ownership of it. Um, I think of particularly a gentleman, a Sikh friend mm -hmm. of mine, who comes regularly um, to our service and joins in with worship for the bits that he feels he can that's a delight to be able to, to stand alongside them in our worship of God and to model that uh, and to be bold and be confident in our faith in that context, in the interfaith context. So yeah, we welcome all. Mm. I can picture the gentleman you're talking about, I have seen them here. And this is also, as you say, a state uh, church. Uh, so there is that link to the government, which may seem unusual to some. Yes, yeah, and that does bring with it complications, um, particularly in the clash of culture. Um, and particularly, again, we've got global uh, brothers and sisters, uh, people from Nigeria, people from uh, India and Pakistan, um, particularly in Bradford. We, we have them worshiping alongside us, and they come with civic and cultural um, heritage and um, 
and we in Britain have particular cultural things which, although we're Christian and global, it's that very interesting interaction between being Anglican and being Catholic in the general sense of the universal church. And that often raises questions for us about, well, where do we stand? Are we more with our global brothers and sisters in the faith? Or are we culturally British with the things that the British state wants to move towards? That is a very interesting place. And because we're an established church, it puts us in, into quite a lot of difficulties where there are some non-conformist uh, traditions who are free to say whether they like and disagree with the government and all those We have to be slightly more sensitive to that and how we navigate that public space. And that's becoming more and more contentious. Mm. And in our day and age, particularly in polarisation and everything in, in England and Britain, and that's a complication that we're struggling with as the Church of England. And we try our best to, to balance it, but it is becoming a stretch. We try to do it with dignity, with respect, with love and openness and wisdom. And we sometimes get it right, we sometimes don't. We <laughs> receive the grace of God in all of that. Yes, absolutely. And perhaps worth saying that you are allowed to disagree with the government. That's uh, right. I was very struck at St. Paul's. Uh, I went in London uh, a little while ago and as a sermon where a gentleman gave very strong views, prayed for their wisdom and prayed for dialogue. Yeah, and I think that's really important. In, in lots of people would want to say the church leaders should be political. Mm. I think that's nonsense. <laughs> because everybody's political. Yeah. Our political beings in, in part because we live in a society There's a difference between being partisan mm. and being political. Yeah. And there are times when we need to be prophetic, just as Samuel was to David in the Old Testament. And there is a time and place for that. And again, everyone will have a different opinion about when that time is appropriate and when that time yeah. isn't. And I think as long as we state our case and state it in the understanding that it's part of a dialogue, and that public space is always contested. Mm. That there is no such thing as a neutral secular state and that everyone has an opinion and that we offer it as an additional voice. Mm. Not demanding that we have the power to, to make those changes, but say we need you to consider these things. And that is often a really important thing. Just as we have an opposition government yeah. in, in England um, and the UK, uh, so we, we have so with, with the House of Lords, we have bishops in the House of Lords who are there to do checks and balances. And so sermons can be political mm. in that they can offer opinions and challenge, but of course must always be stated in a sense in which we don't ascribe the Christian Church fully underneath the government or the opposition or any party politics. Yeah. So there's a sense in which there are universal things, values, morals that we would want to uphold. Disagree agreeably in a 
to, to quote uh, Alistair and Rory from the, the rest is politics podcast. Um, but to, to be to, to be able to have contest, have discussion, robust conversation without needing to kind of go, this is a deal breaker. You know, how do we share bread and share fellowship with people who are vastly different from us? How do we do that? Well, that is the question. But we do it because Christ did it for us. The most different thing from human beings, God divine, came and sat with us. The difference is, cannot be more stark, creator and created, sitting in fellowship together, sinful and totally holy, sitting together in table fellowship. That is the model that if God does it for us, we should do it to one another. Mm. And that for me is the, 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 uh, the call to love our neighbour as God has loved us, which is daring to cross that difference boundary. And our worship should do that. Our worship should say, you know, mutual respect, come and we will share it if you wish to. We will share it with you. But equally, you share it with us. Mm. Thank you so much, it's given a great insight and I really, really appreciate it. Is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I, I want to kind of speak to um, particularly Christians around the world, and particularly in, you might be looking at the, the Church of England and the Anglican Church uh, at this point in time with all this contest and, uh, and disagreement. Um, it baffled, really. I want to encourage them, and people of other faiths, if their tradition is to pray, is to pray for the Church of England at this time. And particularly places like Bradford Cathedral, who sit at a very hot point of cultural diversity, 
which comes with it, the disagreements. And to pray for peace, to pray for a disarming grace, to meet people in their difference for an encounter of that holy different God in the person of Jesus who's drawn near and limited to us. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much to Canon Nedlum for joining me in this podcast episode, a very special episode looking at the Church of England, and there will be a part two as we just go through what a regular church service at this cathedral looks like, what, what happens when you walk in. Uh, so that's to look forward to. Again, thank you to Phil Lickey for doing the arrangements and for giving me those wonderful audios of the, the music that forms part of the service uh, at Bradford Cathedral. There will be more of that as well coming up very, very soon on British Culture, Albion Never Dies. And thank you for listening.